listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. So I do want you to get your Bibles out and I want you to turn uh, to the book of Exodus, chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, starting in verse 11 through 22. And we're going to dig out some truths today and see a pattern here in the life of Moses. We're going to see a pattern in the life of Moses and how God responds to him and then also seeing us in something of a pattern. And then also something that we're going to reveal is, is how the enemy tries to manipulate something and to keep us in a certain place. So let's pray. Let's pray. And then we'll jump into it, all right? Everybody good? All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is alive, that it's active, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide us to our very core. It's able to take things in our lives that we have set up as truths, and all of a sudden it unwires them, it, it unfolds them, and says, wait a second, this is a lie, this leads to death, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, comes in and says, I've got a better pattern, I've got a better way. And we're thankful for that. Father, today as a church, as a community, we declare that our ears are open, that our hearts are receptive, that our minds are focused on your word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Father, have your way in this today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, what I want to do is just simply talk about this. I want to talk about that I believe that God is calling us out, that I, I genuinely believe this. Me and uh, uh, Chris Lee, it's, that is Chris Lee back there, right? I can't see past the lights. Hey, buddy, and his beautiful wife, the wonderful and talented uh, Sandra, it's good to have you guys here. I just wanted to say, me and him were, were sharing this, and we were talking about, like, during this time, and, and, and everybody was, when, when this all started, we were kind of all talking about, like, Oh, you know, maybe this is, this is going to be it. And through all of this, that God's going to do something big. And me and him were talking, and we just said, we just have a feeling like God is just bringing the church to the starting blocks. Like this isn't the end, that this is, this is the, that God bringing us to the starting blocks, finally ready to run the race that the church has been called to run in a way that God desires us to run it. Anybody else feel that? I feel like God is working things in me and working things out of me so that I am prepared to step into the things and the calling that he has on my life. And I genuinely believe this, and I will say this uh, and not be po- apologetic about this, that I, am, I would not have chosen to go through this and to receive what I've received in these last 10 weeks, uh, 12 weeks, 15 weeks. I would have done it a different way, but I am not going to say that I am not thankful for what God has worked in and what God has worked out. Would anybody else agree with that? Like I said, I wouldn't have chosen it this way. I would have chosen it a different way. But however God desires to work in me and prepare me for his good and for his kingdom and so that I can be the representative that he desires me to be, then let it be so. 
But I want to see this pattern. And this is a felt board story that we all know. In fact, I could have the, the young ones come out and share this. The first Sunday that we're having students gather again together today. The nursery's not open yet, but the students are gathering. They've got their own tables, and it's awesome what they're doing in there. Uh, I'm so thankful for Jeff. He's leading back there. Can we just, just tell him just a, a round of applause? And do me a favor. Would you, when, before Jeff and Gail leave, because whatever Jeff is doing, Gail's doing, and would you just tell them thank you for me? Will you do that before they get to their car? Can we do that? Okay, good. But I want to just see this pattern. I want to just see this pattern. And again, most of us know this story. Most of us, if I asked you to get up here and tell me the story of Moses and tell me the story of how he walked through and what happened, you'd, you'd be able to share it, right? You, you would be able to do it. But let's look at this. Let's look at this pattern because I, I'm beginning to see myself in this. Not that I'm Moses on any level, on any level. I'm, the, the sandals I would not be willing to tie or able to tie, but I'm just seeing a pattern in this. So let's just pick it up, and, and this is, let's just pick it up in, in verse uh, 12. Actually, we'll just start in verse 11 says this, one day after Moses had grown up, this is while Moses is still in where? Where is Moses still at? He is still, as Disney would call it, a prince of Egypt, right? We've all seen the movie. They did a great job with it. Soundtrack's amazing, right? It says, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were, and he watched them at their hard labor, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. And he looking this way, I love this, I love this. Sometimes the Bible, sometimes the Bible just says things so matter-of-factly that it's a little bit, uh, that it's a, it's a little tough. It just seems way too matter-of-fact. But this is what it says. It says, looking this way and that way, seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian. As your, you know, as accidents happen, right? As, I mean, it just, it's just rights that's so matter-of-factly. Like, oh, you know, he was out watching some guys. There was an argument. Oh, and, you know, he kind of looked down the street and looked down that street and all of a sudden just realized, oh, there's nobody looking. Maybe I'll just kill the guy. That's what's going on here. And so he, he says, and he, and he says, looking this way and that way and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian. And not only that, he hit him in the sand, right? This is Moses. And he says, the next day he went out and he saw two Hebrews fighting and he asked the one in the wrong. He said, he said why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And in verse 14, he says, the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Or are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Dun, dun, dun. Right? <laughs> right? And then Moses was afraid. He's like, wait a second. I thought I looked that way, and I thought I looked that way, and I didn't think anybody saw it. But somebody saw it. Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. You think? And then this happens. And when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh, and he went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. And we know the story right there, right? He goes, he gets hooked up with a family in a foreign land, right? He marries a woman. He becomes, he goes from being a prince of Egypt. Now what is he doing? He's raising what? Sheep on the side of a mountain, right? He's changed career paths, 
right? He's kind of settled in to what he's, kind of his new lot in life. He's got a new wife. He's got a new family. He's in a new era. In fact, he actually has a child, and the name that the child gives him is actually a definition of what he is saying to himself, and he says this in verse 22. He says, he gave his new son or his new child this name because he says, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land, meaning something Moses had realized that where he was at was not where he was first designed to be at. But he had settled in to a new lifestyle. Why? Because of a failing in his life. You follow me on this? He is now, because of a failing in his life, right, kind of a big one, right? I don't know about you, but I've never killed an Egyptian and buried him in the sand, right? So I got that up on Moses, all right? If I don't have anything up on Moses, I got that up on Moses, right? But Moses, because of a failing in his life, runs, leaves the life where God had him planted, leaves there, and says, I will go make my life in a new place, and I will be a foreigner in a foreign land, meaning I know where I'm at and what I've settled into is not really my true home. You follow me on this so far? How many of you know this story already? Raise your hand. It's okay. Sorry, no, you should raise your hand. People will judge you, right? But I want us to see something here because I see a pattern. I've seen this in my own life. I have seen this in a pattern of believers' lives where there is a failing in their life. There is a failing in something that they have done. Maybe not to the extent of killing an Egyptian and burying them in the sand, but there is a failing in your life and instead of confronting it and dealing with it, we run and we settle in into a new land, into a new place that was not ours, and we settle in, we even take up a new life. We take up a new occupation. We settle into that. We've got a wife now. We've got kids. We've got this. It's my new life. I know I'm a foreigner and not supposed to be here, but this is my new place. And why am I here? Because I failed and I've never dealt with it. You follow me on this? I have seen too many believers. I have seen too many believers run out of the land that God wants from them and desires for them because of a failing in their life to whatever level you want to take that. I'm not taking it to the level of murder. I'm saying I've seen us run out of the plan of God for much less than murder. I've seen believers leave the place that God has for them and run out of that and take up a new life and, and even settle and become comfortable in that new life because of a failing that is not even to the level that we would see here in Moses' life. And what I want to do today and what I believe that God is wanting to say today through his Holy Spirit and through his word is that it is time for you to realize you are a foreigner in a foreign land. And it is time to come back home to the place and to the plan and the purpose that I have for you. But I need you to see this because there is a barrier between us coming back 
and stepping into that. There is a barrier that I believe that the enemy plays and an enemy twist in us from ever stepping. We, he keeps us in that place. He keeps us in that place, that foreigner in a foreign land. He keeps us and has a wicked scheme to keep us there. In fact, I, I want to just, I wasn't going to do this and I wasn't going to just show you this, but I need to make sure that we are very fully aware of the enemy that we are facing. Go to John chapter 8, verse 44. I want you to just see this. And even if it's not up on screen, it doesn't matter. I, I, I apologize, Megan. Megan loves when I, I just add verses in and add scriptures in that she wasn't ready for. But in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is going to describe the enemy, the foe that we stand against. And this is what he's going to say about them. Now, this is in the description in a conversation with the Pharisees and the religious of the day. And he's going to say, listen, if you knew me, you'd know my dad's voice. You'd know me. You'd love me. But you're not of my dad. You're of, you're of your father. And he's talking about Satan. He's talking about the devil. And this is how he describes him. He says he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. You need to understand something that the one you follow after describes your enemy as a liar and not only a liar, but the father of lies. And when he speaks, he speaks in your ear from his very character and his very nature, which is a liar. Did you hear what I just said? So, no, 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 I need you to see this because we're going somewhere. The enemy, you need to see this, not only on the level when he lies about what, what God can't do, but even when the enemy speaks in your ear and says, yeah, you should be right in this, and you should win this argument for the argument's sake. It doesn't matter if God said to walk in peace and walk. It, whatever he whispers in your ear is out of his nature. It is out of his care. It is coming from his actual character. He is never encouraging you, even if it feels like he is stroking yourself. Does that make sense? Even when the enemy, because sometimes everybody, I, I can't stand this. Everybody always says that the enemy comes in and he's always trying to manipulate us, telling us wicked things to do. And Oh, go be an axe murderer and go do drugs. No, a lot of times the enemy just comes in and says, you're right. You're the best. You know everything. Your way is awesome, right? He doesn't need to tell me to go do drugs to own me. He just needs to encourage a little bit and, and encourage and fan the flames of self in me, and he's got me. But even in that, you need to know that by his very character, out of his very nature, he speaks. And even when he stokes those things and says, you're the greatest, you're the best, you're number one, you're always right, he's a liar. Sorry to let you down. I know it feels good to hear. I know it feels good to operate and to listen to that. It is much easier to hear that than die to self. Walk in lordship. Take up your cross. Walk in peace. Walk in forgiveness. It's much easier to hear, you deserve it. You're right. You're the best. 
out of his very character, the one that we follow after says, you are a liar. See this in Revelations. In Revelation chapter 12, in verse 10, it says this. It says this, it says, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of the Christ that has come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before God. You need to understand something. The barrier that stands between you becoming, it's going from a foreigner in a foreign land back to the land that God has for you and the purpose that God has for you, what stands between between that is a liar and an accuser. Do you hear what I just said? What is trying to keep you from the very plan and the purpose of God is the enemy and out of his very nature and by definition, he is a liar and he is an accuser of the child of God. So what does he lie and what does he accuse us? What does he lie about and what does he accuse? Well, let's go back to Exodus and see this pattern because I want to show you something that, that I believe that God is revealing and he can reveal, us, reveal this to us. Go to Exodus chapter, Megan, where did I say to go? Exodus 1? Ch- no, Exodus chapter 3. Go to Exodus chapter 3. This is going to pick it up from there. Are you with me today? Huh? Okay, Exodus chapter three, it just simply says this, and, and, I'll, and I'll pick it up so we know this, right? We, we know that Moses is settled into his life, doing settled in life things, doing foreigner in a foreign land things, right? He is settled in with his wife. He's got kids. He's raising sheep now, right? He's a sheep, he's a sheeper, shepherd. You know what? You stand in front of people and talk all the time and see if you don't screw things up. No, no, seriously. Let me give you a mic and you stand for 13 years in front of people and say things that think you're not going to mess up. You know what? I'm calling him a sheeper. That's the New Living Translation. He's a sheeper. In fact, actually, let me just say this. I Googled it and that's what all the cool kids are saying now. That's the new thing. People don't want to be called by the, that was, that was such a boomer way to say it, right? Oh, the shepherd. Man, we're not shepherds. We're sheepers, right? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. We'll edit that out of the live viewing when we re-air this. But we know this. We see this in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And, and I won't read through this, but you, you know the story. You've seen the movie, right? He's up on a hill. What happens? Somebody, come on, say it out loud. What happens? What happens? He starts a burning bush, right? Something that happens every day. Every single day. Just a burning bush happening, right? All of a sudden, there's a bush burning, and he recognizes it, right? Because it stands out. Something is standing out. Listen to me, what I'm about to tell you. God is a good God. God will do supernatural things in the midst of the natural. Even the natural that you've set up is comfort. Why? For the sake of getting you back to the place that he has for you. 
He will do supernatural things and give you supernatural signs and, and, and bring supernatural meetings into your life. Why? To shake you up. To shake you up. It looks different than what you've seen before, what you've grown comfort with. Why? So that your eyes are lifted for a moment. And all of a sudden, my direction is taken off that what I have been com become comfortable with. And all of a sudden, my eyes are moved to that which is different. And my attention is now on it. And now we see the attention turn Moses, the foreigner in a foreign land. All of a sudden, he's turning his attention to something that is totally foreign in that foreign land. And something happens. We pick this up in verse 5. When God begins to speak, and I... I don't know why, but I just, I read these words and I'm just shaking because I'm just, because I believe that he still says this when he come, we come into our, his presence that we should never take coming into his presence lightly or flippantly. That there should never be a flippantness about, yes, we can come boldly before the throne of God, yes, but we cannot be flippant about coming into his presence. And I believe that this same statement, same statement rests on us. Now, let's not make this into a weird doctrine that I want everybody to take off your shoes. I just want us to have a reverence about us that when we know we're coming into his presence, we are aware that we are coming into the presence of the creator of the universe. And he says this, don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. Recognize this place, my child, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he says, I am God. He reveals to the foreigner in the foreign land. He reminds him who he is. I am the God of your father. He's reminding them who he is. He's, he's, already, he's starting off reminding, speaking to the foreigner in the foreign land. I'm here to remind you who you are. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look to God. Because when God begins to reveal to those that have been comfort, become comfortable in the place that they should not be comfortable in, there is something that happens. We instantly bow our head because we know we're being called out. Anybody have that experience? God begins to remind you, wait a second. How many of you have ever found yourself in a place that you know that you should not be and God in the moment just goes, let me remind you who you are. I am your dad. I am the God of creation. I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Japheth, and you don't belong here. And all of a sudden, that revelation hits you, and there's a bowing of our head. Anybody have that experience? Oh my goodness, it's like, if you have children, have you ever walked in on your children and they're doing something that you know, and you look at them and you go, Man, we didn't raise you that way. That's not who you are. And there's all of a sudden that, ah, that's right. Anybody ever experienced that? This is what's happening. But I want you to see this because here's the pattern. Here's, the, here's this beautiful, glorious pattern. I want you to see this. The Lord said, and I want you to underline this. Because there's, this, is where, this is where we're going. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. 
I have heard their crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them and a hand uh, from the hand of the Egyptians and, and to bring them up and out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land of flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, a bunch of other ites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached to me. And I have seen the way of the Egyptians and they are pressing them. So I now go. I am now sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And then Moses says something. But then Moses says to God, who am I that I should go so that Pharaoh would allow the Israelites to leave Egypt? Like, who am I? I want you to see something foreigner in a foreign land. Before... God ever gets to talking about Moses, he is going to see something well before he ever sees the failure that's standing before him. Let me explain. See, I believe that when God calls those that have made themselves comfortable in a foreign land out, when he comes to us, he does not come to us and first deal with the failure, the failure or the failing standing in front of us. Follow me on this. What he does when he begins to call us out, the first thing that God is going to see is who he is. Are you following me on this? No, 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 you need to see this. The first thing that God sees is himself. The second thing that God is going to see is his plan and his will. The last and final thing that God is reliant on is the one that he is sending out to accomplish that plan and that purpose and his will. This is his pattern. Why is that important? The reason that is important for us to know that God sees these things in order and him calling us out is because the reason is because there is a liar and an accuser that desires to flip that plan around and to flip that pattern around causing us to stay in the foreign land. What do I mean by that? The enemy being a liar does this. God sees him and his power and his strength first and, and then sees his plan and then sees us. The enemy flips that around and lies to you and accuses you and wants to do this. He wants you to see you first. He wants you to see you and your failings first. Then... Then see the plan of God, and then finally see God himself in his authority. Why? Why does the enemy, why is his plan to pervert that and to twist that? Because if, it, because if a child of God is made to see their own failings first, and being accused by the enemy, who by his very nature is a liar, and very character is a liar... He will be manipulated into believing and only seeing his failings and his emptiness and his hopelessness. And when I see that and then I now filter 
the plan of God through that and even the power of God through that, what happens? I, it falls short, Wendell. Because now I look at the plan of God through the veil of myself. I, I see the plan of God through the failings of myself and I see, well, there's no way I can accomplish that because I see my failings being the first thing. And not only that, now I see the failings of the plan and now I finally get to God and I go, I go, well, if that's God's plan and the failings, I can't do it, then he must not have the power to walk this out because I can't even get past step one. This is how the enemy keeps foreigners in foreign lands doing things and being comfortable in places they were never designed to be comfortable He lies and he accuses and he manipulates the order that God sees things. God sees himself. God sees his plan that is unstoppable. And then he sees you. And not only, and hold on for just a second, because of who he is, by the time he gets to you, he's already know, he already knows I have all authority in all all the world. I'm the creator of the universe. So I'm not relying on any other power to do this, right? I also know that my plan and my purpose and my will is to go forward and it can never be stopped. In fact, Jesus said that the gates of hell will never prevail against this. So I already know this. And then I finally get to the failure that is Moses or the failure that is Chris. And now because of who I am, because I know I sent my son, I'm not even looking at the failure that is Chris. I am looking at the the failure that is Chris through the veil of Jesus and seeing the righteousness of Jesus on the failings of Chris and no longer look at him as the failure that we all know that he is, but see him as the empowered child of the God that I know I am, that has a plan that is unstoppable, that is reliant not on a failure to accomplish things that it can't accomplish, but to rely on a failure that's been empowered by the Holy Spirit and made righteous by the Son of God. Are you following me on this? No, no, no. Are you hearing me on this? This is how the enemy keeps us for 30 years, settling down, having a family, taking up new occupations, being comfortable in that, even going to church, but yet never stepping in to the things that God has for you and the plan and the true purpose because the enemy stands before you lying and accusing you with your past failings as if they are not forgiven, as if they are not, though that, that, that you have repented, not that you do not have failings. In fact, it's gonna say, I think in 1 John, it's gonna say that, that, that not, not that we don't have sin, but that we understand that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. So not that we know that, not that we just live, oh, I'm not a failure. No, no, I fail all the time. But I am thankful that God is not reliant on Chris Taylor, the failure. He is reliant on Chris Taylor, that the follower of Jesus that has been made righteous in heaven, that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that's been given not only the authority of heaven, but also the path of repentance, which keeps me linked in this. Are you tracking with me on this? 
He is not reliant on the plan to go forward on my failures. He's reliant on the fact that he is God. His plan can't be stopped. And I've empowered the failure into, the, into the, somebody to be a victor to accomplish this. This is how he takes the foreigner that's grown comfortable in the foreign land and brings them back into the plan and the purpose of God. And I am telling you today, child of God, if you look around, if you look around your life and you go, man, there is something lacking. I know that God desires more, but I have gone, become comfortable in this land. Let the word of God and the Holy Spirit today be the burning bush in your life today. Let the word of God and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't need, you know why I don't need a physical burning bush? Because I have the word of God and the Holy Spirit who right now is speaking to your heart, saying there is something different in what you have grown comfortable in. And I need you to focus on this. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is stirring those. He's stirring me and he's stirring you to not, to not be deceived by that which by its very character is a liar. Do not stand accused when in heaven you are not accused but forgiven. Do you hear me today? And even when you have to stand there like Moses and stand before the Holy Spirit and say, but who am I? Be reminded that he saw a lot of things before he ever got to you concerning the plan and the purpose and the land that he has for you to accomplish the will and the purpose that he has for you. That's good news today, guys. Like this is good news today. This is good news. This should set us free in the way we look at this. This should set us free and go, wait a second. He, God is all powerful. God does have a plan that doesn't stop. And he's not relying on me. So all this talk in my head, when all I see is my, that's a lie? And it's just a fake accusing? Oh my goodness. Let's call it out. Let's repent. And then let's act accordingly because he's given you, Brenda, and you, Sonia, and you, Ryan, and you, Jack plans to this day if you have breath in your lungs today there is a purpose for you in the kingdom and it is to not grow comfortable in a foreign land that you don't belong in you are not designed to live your life in a foreign land to die in a foreign land be buried in a foreign land you are designed to live in the land and the purpose of God to live out your days if God says so, if God be it and does not come back, to live out your days. I want to be buried in the land that God has for me. Not in a foreign land where I was never meant to live, plant, or even be buried. I want to be buried. I want to live. I want to be in the place where God has for me. But I choose this day to see what God sees well before he gets to me. Do you hear me today? Does this help anybody? Come on, let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you that as children of God, not just in this community, but in every believing 
Jesus promoting community across this land and this world. Let believers, let child of God, heirs according to Christ. Let God, let us all be woken up. Let us all become shaken and be reminded if we look at our feet and we find ourselves in a foreign land, let us be shaken today. Let us be, let our heads be bowed when God reminds us of who we are and who he is. Not bowed in shame, but bowed in repentance so that forgiveness can come and we can get out of this wicked plan of this liar and accuser and step into the things that you have for us once and for all and run the race that's set before us with perseverance and zeal and joy and seeing you do supernatural things in the midst of the natural, not just in the stories of the Bible, but in my story, in my land, in my life. Father, we desire to see your goodness in the land of the living. Your plan, your will, let it be so. Let us be shaken to our core today and let us be changed and repent and act accordingly. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.